We're continuing the performance review series, focusing on the Buffalo Bills linebackers today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder to you, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. Well, folks, we're talking linebackers on the podcast today, a position group where Brandon Bean has a bunch of decisions to make. Obviously, some big-time expiring contracts and some young players that we got to figure out what they are. So let's have the conversation here today. We'll start with Tremaine Edmonds. A 2018 first-round pick, number 16 overall. He's 24 years old, turns 25 in May. His contract is expired. He completed his four-year, $12.7 million rookie deal and then, of course, played last season under the fifth-year option, which paid him $12.7 million. 2022, he played in 13 games with 13 starts was on the field for 92% of the defensive snaps in those 13 games, collected 102 tackles, six tackles for loss, one sack, one interception, seven pass breakups, allowed a passer rating of 80.4 against his coverage, and had a missed tackle rate of 7.7%. That passer rating of 80.4 in coverage is outstanding, and the missed tackle rate is excellent as well. As far as his 2022 review, I thought he very clearly had his best season. I think most people would agree with me, even those who don't really care for Tremaine Edmonds. And I know there's a lot of people out there that fall under that bucket. I think everyone can admit that this was his best season. Uh, Obviously, a major, major asset in coverage. His range in coverage is huge. And as we've been told time and time again, he's the leader of the defense. And the Bills have been really good on defense with him as the leader. Uh, they've been top six in total defense in four of the last five seasons with him as a starting Mike linebacker, and then top two in scoring defense in three of the last four seasons. So statistically, during the regular season, the Bills have a very, very good defense, and obviously Tremaine Edmonds has been a major, major part of that. Um, I think he's a good tackler, which matters on an overall bad tackling defense. The Bills, year over year, are among the worst tackling defense in the NFL, Tremaine Edmonds, not really responsible for that. His 7.7 missed tackle rate is an acceptable number. Uh, I think that Tremaine is a better coverage player and a better range player than he is a downhill run defender. Um, And I think that's a tough job um, in this style of defense, an up-the-field penetration-style defense that's always a nickel. It makes it tough on your Mike linebacker uh, to be a consistent downhill presence. Um, He's got a tough job because the front is allowed to play a little bit more free, and it's his job to make them right, and that's tough, and that's it just is. And so whether it's the amount of real estate that he's asked to cover or it's how he's asked to play downhill, there's a lot on this plate. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, and in fact, 
last summer. I think it was somewhere in the July range. You can scroll back and find it. I did an entire podcast on Tremaine Edmonds and really dove into everything that he's asked to do in this defense. So I would encourage you, if you're still on the fence trying to sort through what you think of Tremaine Edmonds, that would be a great episode for you to go back and uh, listen to and, and gain some more perspective in terms of the way I see it, at least. Um, so I do think under the circumstances of what he's asked to do, uh, there's going to be some inconsistency playing downhill. But uh, when Tremaine wasn't on the field this season, the second half against Minnesota, uh, that was a lot different with him off the field. You think about the Cleveland game, the Detroit game, uh, games the Bills won Cleveland and Detroit, but uh, they really felt his absence missed in coverage, right? Those teams threw the ball over the middle of the field a ton against the Bills, and you could feel the absence of Tremaine Edmonds, just like you could last year when he wasn't there for the Colts game, you knew he was missing. So um, he, he means a lot to the defense, whether you like him or not. As far as his 2023 outlook, it has been my prediction all along that he's back. Uh, the way McDermott, Bean, Frazier talk about him, uh, it doesn't sound like this is a player that they're going to let get out of their hands. Uh, when Brandon Bean was asked about Tremaine Evans during his year-end press conference, he brought up immediately that core philosophy that he's preached of draft, develop, and re-sign. And we've seen him stay committed to that um, throughout his time with the Bills. And I think that Tremaine Emmons is certainly going to fall right in line. I mean, this is a player that Brandon Bean traded up in the first round to get, uh, was the second-ever draft pick that he made as GM of the Bills after Josh Allen. And um, we're talking about a player that's entering his age 25 season with five years of experience in the scheme as the starter. And we know how much the team values uh, familiarity. And so, again, uh, predictively, I, I really do think the Bills get this this contract extension done. I would guess it's in the 15 to $20 million per season range in terms of average annual salary. And um, obviously that salary comes with expectations, right? And, and this is, we're very much into the 2023 outlook here. That comes with high levels of expectations for him to get paid that well as a Mike linebacker. Um, especially when you're already paying Milano. And so he needs to come in, and and if he's brought back under the, that type of a deal, it's maintaining the caliber of play that you had in 2022 and building upon that. You know, that has to be the floor. That has to be the floor. And I don't think there's any reason to think it won't be. Uh, but again, it, things change a little bit when you're a $15 million-plus-a-year player at, at linebacker. Um, you know, it's you're going to be scrutinized, and – obviously he has to be at least as good as he was in 2022 moving forward. And again, I don't think there's any reason to think he won't be. The arrow's been pointing up for years. We know he's supremely physically gifted. We knew he's relatively new to playing the position that the Bills asked him to play. We know that he's really young as a person. And so the arrow's been pointing up, and I think we're seeing um, the, the, the result of the development, and maybe it's taken a little bit longer for him to be a super high-impact player with consistency, but the flashes have always been there. And I think he's coming off his best season, super young player that I, I would want to hold on to. Let's get to Matt Milano, 2017 fifth round pick number 163 overall, uh, 27 years old. He turns 28 in March. He's uh, entering year three of his four year, $41 million contract extension. He signed a couple of years ago in 2022. He played in 15 games with 15 starts. On the field for 96% of the defensive snaps, collected 99 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, three interceptions. I uh, probably should add a couple more. Uh, just like Tremaine had a couple of uh, dropped interceptions as well. 
11 pass breakups for Matt Milano and then a passer rating of 70.6 against his coverage. That is phenomenal. And what's not phenomenal is the missed tackle rate, uh, 16.7%. That's just been a problem throughout his career. It's not like this was a one-off. His career missed tackle rate is 15.4%. So he's right uh, right there with his normal uh, rates in terms of missing tackles. As for his 2022 review, Milano had a great season. He was terrific. Might have been his best year yet. And he did it while battling a leg injury for a large part of the year. And I think he's the perfect player for the role the Bills ask him to fill as a space as a space and matchup linebacker. Uh, he's a major, major asset uh, against tight ends. Uh, the Bills actually last year were the only team in the NFL to not allow a receiving touchdown to a tight end during the regular season. And the Bills only gave up 616 receiving yards to tight ends, which was fourth fewest in the NFL. So I remember, I don't know if it was last year or a year or two, Ago, I had to talk all about the Bills and defending tight ends, and Matt Milano was hurt. Um, well, every year that Matt Milano's not hurt, the Bills are literally the best, like elite at defending tight ends. And, and I think the reason I'm bringing that up is because of Matt Milano's impact in doing that, as well as Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, these guys are as good of a pair of coverage linebackers as you can find in the NFL. Um, range in instincts, they're outstanding for Matt Milano. Really, my only gripe with Matt is the missed tackles, and they're a problem every single year. I'm not really sure they'll ever get better, but um, that's that's my issue with Matt Milano. Uh, as far as his 2023 outlook, it's just continuing to make a high impact. Uh, if the Bills pay Tremaine Edmonds, and I think they are going to, like I've said, I mean, this is going to be an incredibly, <clears throat> excuse me, incredibly expensive pair of linebackers. I mean, we know who Milano is. Uh, so just more of the same from him, but um, you know, Milano's in that bucket with Steph Diggs, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse, Josh Allen, those types of guys in terms of you know exactly who they are and you're completely satisfied with it. Matt Milano, obviously a, a franchise cornerstone and building block of the roster. This show is sponsored by Better Help. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like You're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. We got a bunch of players at this position still to get to, so let's keep this moving. The next one is Terrell Bernard, a 2022 third-round pick, number 89 overall. He's 23 years old. He turns 24 in May. He's entering year two of his four-year, $5 million rookie deal. In 2022, he played in 16 games with one start, was on the field for 11% of defensive snaps across 16 games, uh, 62% of the snaps on special teams. He was a four-phase special teams player, and uh, that means kickoff, excuse me, kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return. That's what I mean when I say four phases of special teams, and he was actually third on the team in special teams tackles this past season. In 2022, Um, As far as his review goes, I lead with this. I I don't see the vision. 
I, I mentioned this when he was first drafted. I speculated about how it could mean potentially more scheme uh, diversity with more three linebacker sets, and that really didn't happen. Um, he started and played literally every single snap against the Jets uh, in the game where the Bills made Michael Carter look like he was the second coming of Barry Sanders. And then the Bills had some injuries in the coming weeks at linebacker, and they opted to go with A.J. Klein over Terrell Bernard, who they signed literally off the street, and then the same week started and played every game against the Detroit Lions, or every snap against the Detroit Lions. A few weeks after Terrell Bernard got his first chance to play really on defense. Um, and then you get to the playoffs, and Terrell Bernard is inactive. He I mean, as the season moves along, he's getting less and less opportunity. And so I'm concerned about a lack of a role for Bernard. The trajectory is concerning, especially when I reconcile um, what happened with his rookie season to the player that I saw on tape in college. Uh, Terrell Bernard, if you go back and watch him in Baylor, who he found a lot of success uh, doing very basic roles, shoot a gap, cover one player in man coverage. The read-react processing wasn't really heavy on his plate. And so uh, I thought there were translatability concerns. And so far with one season under our belt, I'm really not um, more understanding of what the plan is for this player. As far as the 2023 outlook for Terrell Bernard, um, if Edmonds is back, then I would hope that he can be the primary uh, backup at both linebacker spots, right? Milano and Edmonds, first man off the bench is Bernard. Um, I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if that'll be true or not. You'd, you'd hope as a, a third round pick um, entering his second season, that that's the type of thing that could be in his wheelhouse. Uh, can the Bills or will the Bills diversify their scheme defensively to involve him? Don't think that will happen. Uh, so just the 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 trajectory here is, is confusing to me. If, if Tremaine Emmons isn't brought back, I would have a huge level of concern about Terrell Bernard being uh, the plan to replace him. So um, confused. I'm just I continue to be confused as it relates to Terrell Bernard. Let's get to AJ Klein, uh, who was signed during the season. Obviously, he spent a couple years with the Bills. Uh, was not well, he was actually cut after last season, and then he was on I think a couple of different teams like the Giants, the Bears, maybe even the Ravens last year. And then at some point during the season, um, like around week ten, something like that, he signed with the Bills. Uh, AJ is thirty-one years old. He's thirty-two in July. Um, his contract is expired, so he he played under a one-year, one-point-one million-dollar deal. And for the Bills, he played in six games, started one. Uh, in those six games, he was on the field for 22% of defensive snaps, 52% on special teams. So he was a four-phase special teams player. And as for his review, I mean, like I said, with the Terrell Bernard stuff, it says a lot that uh, he was signed off the street and started the Detroit game and, and then even had a role against the Bears uh, later on in the season. Uh, obviously, there's a, a clear level of trust in him from the Bills coaching staff. I think that's quite obvious. Um, I do certainly think he's a role player at this point with limitations, but um, he means something to the team in terms of depth at linebacker and special teams ability. And so as for his 2023 outlook, does he come back for that similar type role? Um, depth special teams on a minimum type deal. If he is back, I would say that says something about what the team thinks of Terrell Bernard. Um, I hope I'm hopeful with Terrell Bernard. I really am. I hope he winds up being a really good player for the bills. Um, but sometimes you just add up all the circumstances and, and you don't come away with uh, the warm fuzzies. 
if you will, as it, as it comes to that trajectory. So we'll see if AJ Klein's back. Um, if he wants to continue playing, I don't know. Um, at this point in his career, I think he knows he's a backup and special teamer that played on like th- at least three different teams last year. Um, so if he wants to sign up for that, okay. Uh, but you know, maybe he'll want to latch on with the Bills and uh, see if he can stick for the season and provide depth and special teams ability. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That bonus bet is backed up if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's get to a few more players. We got Medikavich, Dotson, Inspector to get to here in this segment, plus kind of tying a ribbon on the overall conversation. Tyler Medikavich, a 2020 free agent signing. He's 30 years old, turns 31 in December. His contract is expired. He completed his two-year $7.2 million deal. In 2022, he played three total defensive snaps and then was on the field for 79% of special team snaps, another four-phase uh, four special teams player. Excuse me. In 2022, as far as his review, I mean, Matikiewicz does what he does on special teams. Uh, provides good value there. He's smart, gets the job done, um, reliable, provides leadership. And I think the Bills love having players like him. I think he's a major asset to Coach McDermott's messaging to younger players where, hey, look, maybe you're not a high pick. Maybe it doesn't look like you're going to get on the field on offense or defense. But my goodness, if you take this special team stuff seriously, you can get paid and have longevity in the NFL like Tyler Medikavich, like Taiwan Jones, like Saran Neal, three players that literally do nothing on offense or defense but are huge assets on special teams that continue to stay in the league and make money doing so. And so I really do believe Coach McDermott loves having these types of players around. Obviously, they believe in special teams, and so they like the production, but also the messaging component to some of the younger players on the team. And so as for my outlook, if Matikiewicz is back, it has to be on a minimum type deal. I don't think they can commit north of $3 million per season to him again like they have over the last few years. The cap is just too tight for that right now. Now, I wouldn't mind him being back, but ideally the two linebackers they drafted last year in Terrell Bernard and Balen Spector can make moving on from a Matikiewicz and or an A.J. Klein a doable proposition. So I respect and appreciate what Tyler Medikavich does. And if it's on a one-year, $1.2 million deal, all right, let's do this. But I don't think another two-year, $6 million, two-year, $7 million contract is in the cards uh, based on the current circumstances. Tyrell Dotson, a 2019 undrafted free agent. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in June. His contract is expired, but he's a restricted free agent. Uh, so very similar to what the Bills went through with Ryan Bates last year. Uh, Tyrell Dotson in 2022 played in 16 games with three starts, was on the field for 21% of the defensive snaps, 67% on special teams, again, a four-phase special teams player. Uh, 
In 2022, as far as his review, we, we got to see him play more on defense than ever before. He started against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Detroit. Um, played extensively against Pittsburgh and Cleveland, not so much against uh, Detroit because that's kind of when A.J. Klein stepped in. Uh, now, look, with Dotson, I'm not sure he's more than a backup and a special teamer, but given he's been with the team for four seasons, uh, that experience makes him a valuable backup, right? A guy that you can insert into your lineup knowing that there's a lot of time on task uh, functioning to what, in the scheme that that's going to help him. It should help him play better. I will say that Dotson is just not a very good player in coverage. That's one thing that became abundantly clear watching him against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit. Uh, it's The coverage piece is just not in his wheelhouse. And so that's going to always make him a limited player and take away from any appeal that I really believe in with him being a, a sleeper starter or anything like that. Uh, as far as his outlook in 2023, like I said, restricted free agent. I think there's a good chance he's back. If Edmonds is not back, then I think it becomes a priority to make sure he's retained. Um, but I don't think you really want to go into a season counting on a major role uh, from Tyler uh, Tyrell Dotson outside of special teams and reserve linebacker play. All right, let's get to Balin Specter. 2022 seventh round pick, uh, number 231 overall. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in October. So kind of interesting where Balin Specter is entering year two of his career. And this is going to be a situation where he turns 25 during the season. And Jermaine Edmonds has been in the NFL and started for five years and turns 25 this year. And it's going to be a six season starting, right? So hopefully that allows you to appreciate the youth of a Tremaine Edmonds and how rare it is for him to have the experience that he does at this point in his career, given his age. Uh, so Balen Spector uh, entering year two of a four-year $3.7 million rookie deal. He was active for six games in 2022. He played 12 snaps on defense, uh, which I think were all um, against Pittsburgh in that blowout win against the Steelers, and then 86 snaps on special teams. Most weeks, this guy was a healthy scratch, right? So there's not a whole lot for us to uh, look at and really feel like we know uh, what he is in the NFL other than he didn't really get much of a chance on defense. Um, and when he was active, he played special teams. But for the most part, the team chose to make him a healthy scratch. Uh, for his outlook in 2023, I mean, hopefully he, Specter, can make you feel good about moving on from Klein and or Matikiewicz. You love having him on a seventh-round rookie deal get four phases of special teams out of him. And I think athletically, he's certainly more appealing to me than a Klein or a Medikavich if they had to play defense, right? So there's a piece of that, but he's got to settle in and play. I, I mean, I've enjoyed Balen Spector at, at Clemson. I enjoyed being around him at the Shrine. Uh, I was there for the week when he was was in Vegas. Um, so I there's likable traits there, but I, I think you have to be mod mindful of a very modest ceiling here. But again, hopefully a player like Spectre can make you feel better about, okay, yeah, we can't give Tyler Medikavich the normal $3 million per or whatever you've been paying him. We got this guy who's on a seventh-round rookie deal that can give us comparable contributions, and you can kind of lean into that and get uh, younger and cheaper. So what do the Bills have at linebacker? Well, Matt Milano, they got that guy. We know who he is. They have a huge decision to make on Tremaine Edmonds, and they have some expiring vets. And so in addition to Tremaine Edmonds, A.J. Klein, Taylor Medikavich, and Tyrell Dotson are all expired contracts. So you got to really figure out your depth there. And then you have these two young players in Bernard and Spector who, you know, look, they're, they're only second-year players, but both of them did less as the season moved along. As the season elongated, as it got more meaningful, 
the Bills said, you know what? Eh, playoffs, Bernard inactive. And then Spectre's only active for six games altogether. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I think the Bills obviously need to make a decision. And Mike Linebacker, um, I think it's going to be Tremaine Edmonds. But if not, I think you need to find someone from outside the organization to start. Either a, a draft pick that's pretty high or you have to sign uh, a veteran. I don't think I don't think you have that replacement uh, on your on your roster right now. Um, so you got to figure out your direction at Mike Linebacker, and you got to sort out this depth. You got to be honest about what Bernard and Specter showed you this year, and then figure out the right way to build around it. Do you need to bring back Klein, Dotson, um, Joe Giles, Harris? You've had a lot of veterans in and out of your facility over the years. You know who do you need to uh, make sure is in this building? Um, to make sure that you have good depth. And and look, it get, becomes even more complicated if Tremaine Emmons is not back and you're going in a new direction at linebacker, at Mike linebacker, because I think I think it changes the way you play defense. I don't think you can just put anybody in there uh, and say, do all the stuff that Tremaine Emmons did, because physically they're just not going to have the same type of skill set. So we'll see. We'll see. I think I, I expect this extension to get done, and maybe I'm wrong. There's a chance I'm wrong. Uh, but if I'm wrong, obviously <laughs> – we're going to have to really look at who they bring in, uh, the resource allocation, and ask ourselves some questions about what this means for the future of the defense. So a uh, lot to stay tuned in on here as it relates to the Bills linebackers, just like it's been true for a lot of position groups that we've went through. And we're talking about a Bills team that's pretty limited when it comes to resources this offseason. So uh, we'll we'll find out what, uh, what Brandon Bean can pull off, but it's a big offseason for him, and it's about as tight as it's ever been. So. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about here the rest of the way. Obviously, we'll get to uh, corners and, and safeties here the rest of the week, herd mentality, and then I got some fun stuff prepared, and we'll start to move into the next phase of our off-season discussion, uh, which will be kind of talking about where the team can actually grow with the players that they have. So uh, we're all we're all building f- towards, okay, really assessing what this team has, and then we can start really focusing on some of those outside variables that can help the team through the draft and free agency. So. Hopefully you're enjoying this journey so far. we got a whole lot more to get to the rest of the way here this offseason. All right, folks, that's it for today. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.